Welcome back to Range Anxiety. It's Sunday here in Adelaide, South Australia. It's a nice, warm Sunday too. And I've been out doing a little bit of practice in the Model 3 SR Plus. But thank you very much first to Herbie Hancock and that iconic track, Rocket. Those of you that are festering old people like me would remember when that came out. I reckon it was in the 90s sometime, but it's just timeless, isn't it? Introduce scratching to the masses, you know, that everyone takes for granted now. Go, Herbie, go. And not the car, the performer. So yeah, I've been out practicing. It's one week to go, one week till we go up to Collingrove Hill Climb and we visit those lovely people at Lambert Estate Wines. Get online, lambertestate.com.au and start ordering up. See, I'm still kissing ass because I'm just so happy to have free uh, destination charging, 17 kilowatt charging at my disposal. Thanks team, you're doing good. And uh, yeah, it's one week to go. So I thought I'd start mucking around uh, in preparation um, to get the car ready. I mean, there's not a lot you're going to do to a Tesla, right, to get it ready to go hill climbing. Um, I took the aero caps off. Yeah, the aero caps are supposed to increase range by like 1% or something. They look like ashtrays that go over the top of like quite a nice um, spoked mini light alloy rim. And yeah, so, but they look a bit stupid when you take the aero caps off because there's no center caps and they've got crappy wheel nuts on them. So Tesla in their infinite wisdom seller thing called it, you know, like a wheel cap um, addition for people that don't want to run the, the aero covers. So I bought that off Tesla. It's about 60 bucks or something. And that, that turned up. That was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I got that on. I, and I took a year's worth of grime off, you know, the... Um, Factory alloy rims because being hidden behind the caps, they build up a lot of dirt and shit on them over the time. So I gave them a good wash. And the car looks actually quite smart. People are going, oh, you put new wheels on. Nah, just got rid of the plastic hubcaps because I don't want one to come flying off at like 150 kilometres an hour if I clip an edge or something, you know what I mean? I just don't want to damage them. So take them off, bin them. And uh, I haven't done really noticed anything with range uh, difference in my normal commute you know being range anxious suffering from range anxiety i'm always looking at uh you know wattage consumption rates and yeah nothing's really changed at all so that's good what else have i done well i need to run a one kilogram fire extinguisher in the car i don't know what that's going to do maybe if i'm in a big accident i could smash the window with it to get myself out However, they are the rules from Motorsport Australia, and I am one for following the rules. So, you think you can buy an off-the-shelf fire extinguisher bracket for a Tesla? Uh, no. Uh, all my friends overseas uh, in the Tesla game, when I asked them about it, all kind of laughed at me and said, are you mad, Arsie? What, what are you going to do with that? But anyway, I do as I'm told. I'm a good boy. So... Yeah, Gareth and I knocked up a bracket very, very quickly, and it looks quite smart. Gareth actually, you know, he's a bit of an EV nerd now in the background. Um, you know, even put some nice edging on it so that passengers, it's on the front of the passenger seat, so that passengers can't, you know, scratch themselves if they happen to be a female and, you know, got exposed legs. Um, yeah, so it's, I've got my little... Got, got a little fire extinguisher. Another thing I have to do is I have to put a battery triangle on the car, as I said. So I sent my wonderful wife, Lisa, off to Autosport in South Australia to buy a sticker kit, which is about $15 or something. And, yeah, I'm going to put, as I've said previously, I'm going to put the battery triangle where the um, 
uh, Dead Man's First Responders loop is give them a bit of a fighting chance rather than just plastering a whole like sides and underside and bonnet and everything front of the car with battery triangles. Um, what else are we doing? Nothing really. I mean, the car, like I've said before, has got my RFOC stator and transmission cooler system on it. Not that it will ever get hot. Going up a short 30-something second run, hopefully, like Colin Grove is. So that's not even an issue. But apart from that, I suppose I'll experiment with tyre pressures a little. It's got Michelin Pilot Sport 4s on it out the factory, this thing. They've still got a bit of meat left on them, right out the meat of the bat, as Tony Gregg used to say. Um, so yeah, it's normally we run, it's a 1600 kilogram odd car, we run about, uh, Tesla wants you to run about 42 PSI in them, 41 PSI hot. Uh, I'm going to knock a bit off that, give them a bit of a haircut down to like, oh, they're really high sidewall, so maybe mid 30s hot. I mean, they're a road tire, they're not, they're not going to work that well anyway, so let's not, you know, get too excited about it um so you know mid 30s hot it would be good you know i remember i used to do some work with a guy that insisted on a road tire had to be in the mid to high 40s because it made the car feel good because it made the grip level so low and the ride so stiff you know you felt like you were going fast doing that it took him about a decade to learn that no you let the tires down to get them working and up to temperature but it really doesn't matter at Colin Grove because it's such a short run there is no getting them up to temperature um, I've been mucking around a bit with traction control I do have a, a um, Nginx bonus module which I haven't installed in the car yet which allows me to disable traction altogether and regen braking however after having doing some experimenting today I don't even think I'm going to be in that much of a rush to Oh, bird just shit on me. That's nice. I don't think I'm going to be in a, a rush to to turn the traction control off because it's simply bloody good. It is really good. And, you know, I'm, I'm never a big believer in traction control systems in motorsport environments or road car calibrated traction control systems in motorsport environments. I, I normally do everything I can to get rid of them and, you know, let the tyre do the work. But in this case, I don't have much of a tyre and, and the, the Tesla traction Control is so goddamn good that you're yeah, out driving it might be a bit difficult for an old fossil like me. What else has been happening this week? I mean, obviously, I'll bring you that. We'll probably get another Epicast in uh, before the Colin Grove one goes to air. I'll probably do like a quick 30 minutes on the way up and a, or a quick 15 minutes on the way up and a quick 15 minutes or 20 minutes on the way back with the wash-ups. That'll be exciting Epicast next Sunday, hopefully. Um, what else has been happening in the wonderful world of South Australia? Um, been a bit of excitement this week because um, Porsche Centre here uh, got Mark Webber down. You know, everyone remembers who Mark Webber is, a famous F1 driver, Aussie guy from Red Bull and whoever else. I think he started with Minardi. And they released the Porsche Toucan, or the Porsche Taycan, as we call it, in <laughs> Toucan's what Tesla nerds jealously call the, the Taycan and never released it and so there was one getting around a test car and every baller that I know it appeared on their Instagram page you know this car did the rounds hey look at this look at my toucan here and hey look at my toucan there and well no they weren't saying it was their toucan but just you know you got to get the expensive watch the toucan the house you know it's it's all part of the baller cred you know oh, I feel like I'm gonna sneeze that'll be quite attractive on the Epicast yeah, so the Toucan's been doing the rounds and I think they're going to start delivery here, which is really, really good. It's good to see cool EVs, you know, for years, um, 
people associated electric cars uh, with people that had more hair growing out their nose and ears than they did on their head, and quite rightly so. It was a nerd's paradise. And then, of course, Musk comes along and makes cars that fart and, and go like rockets. Um, strangely enough, he's in the rocket business. And then the other manufacturers come out with cool stuff, you know, because they've, they've got to convince you not to buy a Tesla, right? And people are going, oh, Tesla are dead now that... There's all these other options, and yeah, the, the, these things will eat into Tesla sales. I don't know how many, you know, Porsche Toucan turbos at 450,000 Australian on the road for a, or something like that for a big model. I don't know how many Model 3s that's going to eat into, um, or anything really. I think they'll create their own niche, but you got to remember that uh, Tesla's mission was to make the world better and to encourage other manufacturers to make electric cars. Pretty selfless. People don't understand that, but the more electric cars are being made, and the more we're moving away from all of this other shit, it, it's great. I mean, people aren't gonna, people are gonna cry about it, and you know, I, I rev people up on Facebook all the time. I put up a picture of the new Santa Monica Supercharger station in CA down the beach in California, and uh, you know, Santa Monica Boulevard, like it never rains there, like once one day a year, you know, and all the. LA people drive into each other because they don't know what to do when it's wet. Um, I've seen that firsthand. It's bloody funny. And, you know, they've got 62 stalls, like 250 kilowatt chargers, and they've got this massive solar roof on the thing using the, the Tesla Energy um, solar roof tiles. You know, it's a, just a state-of-the-art setup. And I posted a picture on, uh, on Facebook, and I said, you know, this is just being built now, while in Petaluma they've, they've banned new gas pumps or petrol pumps going in. And someone gets on there and goes, yeah, haha, what happens when it's buried under six foot of snow? And I'm like, dude, it's Santa Monica. They wouldn't know what snow was there. I don't think it's probably ever snowed in Santa Monica. Oh, yeah, you you wait. you dodging the question. How? Anyway, anyway. And this is from a smart guy, too. Wow. Yeah, you know, people are very resistant. You know, what happens when there's a blackout? Um, the sun still shines, the superchargers still work. What happens to your petrol pump when there's a blackout? Yeah, I keep 100 litres in the garage. No, you don't. Stop bullshitting. You know? Oh, who gives a shit? This is about meant to be fun for everybody. Lot of fun, lot of fun. And once, once the, you know, ang and you know, someone got on there and said, I'm talking about this new supercharger setup, and it's bloody killer, 60-odd, it's the biggest in the world, wah, 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 going to be fast food stores there and all that sort of crap. Unfortunately, uh, Tesla didn't go ahead with their um, roller skate diner that was supposed to be going in there. That really pisses me off, because if we're ever allowed back to the United States, I was going to hire a Model 3 and go have a burger and fries served to me on roller skates while I was supercharging. You know, And then people go like, yeah, but where does electricity come from? I just put up a picture of a 62 stall, whatever it is, 63 stall charger with a bloody solar roof the size of a football field on it. But where does electricity come from? So I answered and I said, certainly not Google or YouTube. And then I cop that, why do you have to be so defensive every time someone asks you a question? Because we're not here to discuss where electricity comes from. We're here to look at a supercharger stall because... If you entertain them and say, oh, a mixture of renewables and, and coal and, and nuclear, they start putting up pictures of allegedly African kids in allegedly cobalt mines saying, look at what your EVs are doing. Like, just shut up with the rhetoric. 
you go and suck on the end of a petrol pump because you've been brainwashed to believe that that is the only solution good for you. Not everyone has to have that line of thought. People can have this thing called free thought and free choice. Speaking of which, making noise on Facebook and generally in this industry has probably brought me to the attention of some people that have asked uh, my company to undertake a, an EV conversion project for them. How cool is that? Yep, that's right. We're going to go into the EV conversion business. So we're in the very early stages of it now. I can't say there's two different types of vehicle and I, I can't say what they are. This is all part of an NDA and that's great. And, you know, people are going, ah, oh, the people that do know are like, yeah, hey, that's, uh, that's so easy. You just bang a slot car motor in the thing, smash some batteries into it, and away you go. You've got, like, quite a good setup there ready to go. And, yeah, maybe it's that easy, but no, I can definitely tell you it's not that easy at all. In fact, it's a fair pain in the ass. You see, most EV conversions that are done out there, if you look at them, are Volkswagen Beetles, they're uh, Porsches, they're Toyota MR2s, uh, those sorts of things, hot rods, you know, because they're all essentially old buckets of shit that didn't have any ancillaries in them, okay? The vehicles I've got to do aren't. The vehicles I've got to do are CAN bus vehicles with a litany of interior controls that all still have to work. So yeah, not easy, Don, and not easy. You know, like your old air-cooled bloody Porsche, it's got some, you know, manual steering thing rack, whatever they've got at the front of it. Um, it's got no real power assistance to brakes. It's got no air conditioning system. And even when Porsches did have air conditioning in them, up until 996, it was as good as useless anyway. Um, yeah, so it, it's all these old things people do. It's uh, it's really easy in comparison, and you know they just buy a kit with a dry plate adapter and and bolt it up to their trans, and away they go. Uh, yeah, I'm I unfortunately have a, the task of making this better than the two thousand and well, hopefully, than the two. 2016 vehicle that it's that, that, that is a diesel right now. This is the trick. Now there have been other people that have done this and they've done it for mining vehicles and so on, right? And that have well got designed to operate at low speed and underground and that's bloody easy, right? Because you don't have any performance and drivability constraints really because on mine sites you're only allowed to go walking speed. Uh, you know, so this is different. This thing actually has to drive like an action, like uh, better is actually the target, better than the, the original um, factory produced vehicle. So I've got a hold of one of these things, brand new. It's 2016, but it's brand new. And I've been having a little bit of a, a play with it because the first thing, the first step in the process of doing anything to a car, getting to know a car, is to drive it. It's got to be driven. It's got to be driven extensively. It's got to be punted around corners. It's got to be emergency braked. It's got to be driven as far as it will go on a full tank. It, it's got to um, be uh, fully analysed. It's got to be put on the dyno. 
and, you know, the dino's got to uh, plot its power and talk. And, you know, so we've got to have a look at how every control in the car works, how the cruise system works, how the transmission works, what its top speed is. So we have, you know, what there is a litany of things that you have to get and analyze that if you've got a hot rod yeah boy it's got a shed through 305 in it we're replacing it with this hopper nine warp motor here and it's got about 350 horsepower give it 110 percent that's easy right doing an actual road car and then being able to package it in kit form that is affordable and uh, reliable will possibly be the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. I'm going to do it. I don't care how long it takes or how much it costs initially. I'm going to do it. Gonna, gonna, gonna. Because it's something I've never been given complete lead and complete control on before. And it's either going to prove me to be an absolute idiot or a genius. Or maybe just somewhere in the middle, some bloke that can half do something. But this is going to be my my little legacy project. You know, leaving a, a stamp on the world. And all because... This whole thing came about because I've been making noise about EVs for a while. And probably no one um, with a background like mine in the tuning scene has been driving them, or at least in Australia, has been driving them uh, in as much depth as I have. I mean, I, I may be wrong. There may be people out there, maybe great tuners everywhere, going, hey, man, we've all got Tesla in the shed. Shut up, Don, and you dickhead. You know what you're talking about. But I doubt it. So I know EVs pretty well, and... Is my project going to be any way in any way comparable to a Model 3? <laughs> no. Luckily, the platform I've got, uh, the diesel platform that I'm working on, drives like a bucket of shit to start with. So, you know what I mean? An aftermarket um, conversion, which we're trying to do to OE levels, will have improvements in, it, in noise, vibration, and harshness. It will have a heap of... A heap of drivability improvements with you know or just being seamless compared to the filthy diesel disgusting gutless thing that's in it now you know my top speed only has to be about 120 to 140 kilometers an hour which is great um and the biggest savior of this whole project is that i'm actually supported by um a guy he's an expert uh, in the film of in the field of battery chemistry and BMS systems, battery management systems, and producing batteries. So you know that's uh, I'm just going to say, look, here's the specs of our motor, and I want this range. Here's our packaging dimensions. Here's our uh, <clears throat> here's what we got to do, and he'll come up with a cell design, uh, lithium ion cell, obviously, hopefully um, LFP, lithium phosphate. That'd be nice, um, and. He'll come up with a thermal management system for the batteries, the whole lot. So I'll just get like this pack made to my dimensions that bolts under the car. And well, in our, I'm not going to give it all away yet, in our predetermined um, impact resistant location, come with a charging setup like a, a DC, um, AC DC converter. It'd be brilliant. He's going to do all of this thing for me. So we just hook up two cables and then start the programming sequence on the motor controller. So that should be cool. That, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have someone there that can that can help me at that level. And from there, this is only a very slow um, requirement in terms of performance. Then we've got to do a high-performance requirement, and that, you know, making an EV go slow is pretty easy. Making an EV go fast is super hard. Super hard. Because not only do you need crazy um, motor technology, you also need crazy 
battery size and technology as well. And I've got to package this in a tiny little frame. So this is, that That may yet prove to be well beyond me or anyone else for that matter. Um, so we'll see how we go there. But one foot in front of the other. The first thing I've got to do is is get my diesel to EV conversion project done. I'll, I'm not going to, I can't really talk about it. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about it much. But I'm going to talk about probably in most Epicasts some things that you will come across if you're trying to do some sort of conversion yourself. Um, and you may find it interesting, you might find it boring, so drop me some feedback, you know, dtech, D-T-E-C-H, at S-E-N-E-T dot com dot A-U, and, and let me know, like, tell me to shut up, I, don't, I, don't, I won't, because I just don't listen anyway, and, you know, I'll be rolling my eyes at you as I'm reading your email, <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me, pal, I've been told that before too by an absolute wanker, who are in, um, main, nameless, um, okay, so speaking of projects and things not going to plan, and yeah, remember uh, the Wuhan war whistle, Mr. Halzon, my offsider, who's been uh, notable by his absence lately. Obviously, doesn't like me anymore, doesn't want to talk to me anymore. No, he's just been busy with work. Him and um, uh, his engineering division, PPR, Phillips Performance Racing, have been mucking around at the Wuhan war whistle. And yeah, the thing now um, that they've fixed all of the leaks and all of the shit and, and worked out you know, stuff that we all worked out 20 years, years ago or so. They've now, the chickens have come home to roost, as Jordan Belfort's uh, dad, the enforcer, said in the movie, the chickens have come home to roost. And because of this stupid wastegate design, they've got uncontrolled boost. Who would have thought that only venting one hole, I mean one bank of four cylinders, is going to work? Well, these guys did silly buggers and now because they did that they've got nowhere to actually integrate uh, a wastegate at a collector which is where it should have been in the first place so what's going to happen there is that they're going to rather than remake the entire manifold they're going to cut a dirty great hole in the side of the turbine housing and bang a wastegate onto that yeah you see i don't know how that's going to go with the whole welding process and fastening and uh, warping and heat and uh, yeah, yeah, good luck to them. They're going to need it. They're going to need every single bit of it before it ends in tears. They were toying with the idea of actually using the blow-off valve as a uncontrolled, like controlled boost leakage device. But what they forgot there is they can control boost that way, but they're not controlling turbine um, with turbocharger shaft speed which will be out of control and when you've got like a 15 buck turbo made of dog shit um, and you're spin it, spin letting it speed shaft speed out of control it's never going to end that well so yeah the boys are in for a bit of a challenge um, and they'll get on top of it you know I mean it's not that hard and particularly now they've got people lining up for this stuff I mean who would have thought true apparently but i told them that you know, you've heard me you heard me on wuhan war whistle don't do it to yourself unless it's actually your business everyone i know that's tried to go into the single turbo ls business has basically gone out of business because um people can buy the shit for one dollar off off the net doesn't matter if it works and just diy it badly in nearly every case i've ever seen 
So yeah, Phillips Performance Racing, PPR, uh, Fabrication, Engineering and Race Technologies are at a bit of a crossroads here. That's their problem, not mine. I told them not to do it, but they will get it fixed and we will look forward to talking to you about it and a really drilling poll as it does. Oh yeah, one last mod that I've got before I hit the hill climb. We all know there's a polarizer in this uh, SR3+. Plus. Remember my magic box of crystals that does nothing? Well, now it's going to come into its own at the racetrack. More on that very soon. And thank you once more for listening to Range Anxiety.